All right. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Lesson, Sharon Hayes, coming at you this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just want to greet everyone this morning in that awesome name this morning. And uh, just welcome all of you this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. We're so thankful this morning to be gathered together in his awesome, incredible, amazing name this morning to learn of the revelations of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That we may be able, <clears throat> amen to prove to God uh, that we love him according to what's written in the word of God. Amen. And so what an awesome blessing, a privilege it is, amen, to be able to learn these revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I just want to welcome you this morning. Amen. We've been studying in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verses uh, 22, and we're going to try to finish up those four precepts uh, in that verse. Amen. Uh, let's just kind of review a little bit here and just read uh, that verse to you hearing this morning and then we'll get started here. Uh, amen. Uh, verse 22 of that chapter says, and whatsoever we ask, that's A, B, we receive in him, C, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are D, pleasing in his sight. And so, when we look at this, it's really saying to us here in a nutshell, a clean heart is produced by obeying the commandments of God. Just that simple. You know, can't add nothing to that, can't take nothing from that. That is so powerful, and we want it to be empowering to us. We want it to saturate our minds and our thoughts is that a clean heart is what produces, you know, by obeying the commandments of God. So the word is what cleanses the heart. The word sanctifies it. The word consecrates it. The word purifies it. The word goes in and it's powerful and it's quick and it's sharp and it penetrates asunder to the dividing of soul and spirit, bone, marrow. It, it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man. And this is why Jesus prayed in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, the King James Bible, to the Father before his departure, that he would sanctify those disciples that was following him and all who had been converted by what he taught and preached about the Father's kingdom, <coughs> which was the truth because Jesus was the incarnated word of God made flesh, the living word. So he was the truth, the way in the life that he was coming to tell them about, amen, and so when you are the truth, you can't do nothing but speak the truth, tell the truth, deal in truth, function in truth. And so we have the truth speaking to them, amen, trying to penetrate their heart, trying to get through that hard exterior, that, that, that ceremonialism, that ritualism, that love for the law of Moses, that love for what the Sanhedrin council was doing, that love for, you know, for the, for the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And it's power in the truth and the words that Jesus spoke. It got everybody's attention. They, they never heard teaching and preaching like that. Some folks in the world today have never heard the truth. They've heard a gospel, but they have not heard the gospel where the power of salvation is in the gospel. You know, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, no other name by which men can be saved. See, that's the gospel. That's the true gospel right there. When that gospel is heard, it penetrates. It goes deep. It's powerful. Amen. To salvation for all who shall uh, believe. But how can they believe except they hear? And how can they hear except there be a preacher? So we're here this morning, amen, to just learn some more about these revelations, how we can end up with a clean heart that is produced by obeying the commandments of God. But how can we know what we're going to obey if we don't know them? So they got to be taught to us. We got to learn them. And so, like we said, A, we talked about ask whatsoever we ask. And then B, uh, A, we talked about that is 
prayer is the way we ask. Uh, that's the necessary attitude, amen, to get heard. And then B, we said we receive of him because we, amen, uh, again, prayer answers, the answers are promised by God. You know, because we pray, we talk to him, we ask him. And the prayer is, the, the answer to prayer is provided by God. Amen. It's promised by God. So if you, when you pray, he said, I, 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 I hear you, you know, you know, I, whatever you ask, you know, he said, I hear it. I'll, I'll answer it and I'll show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. And that's in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3 of the King James Bible, one of our favorite uh, scriptures that we use a lot of time to illustrate uh, the points that we're trying to make, that God hears us when we pray. He answers us and shows us great and mighty things. The scripture says that thou knowest not. And then the C uh, precept of that verse, it says, keep his commandments and do those things that are, and we said that's all about obedience right there. That takes obedience because it's better than sacrifice. You know, when you obey God, amen, hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that he's commanded us to do way back then in the beginning. It is the same now and it's going to be the same tomorrow. Yeah, obedience to God does not change. And he said, hey, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. That's in the book of Isaiah, chapter one, verse 18 of the King James Bible. And verse 19 said, if you don't, then it tells you what's going to happen. It's going to be an impact, a negative impact on me, not only me, not only you, not only us, but on our seed and our seed seed. And so it's a lot at stake there for not obeying God. But Peter, I love what Peter said. Peter said, it's, it's just better for me when they wanted him to shut up talking about Jesus, man being free from prison, the people was in the house praying and, and the prayer was heard by God and he answered and showed them great and mighty things. The prison shook and Peter was able to go free, man, come out preaching, I couldn't wait to get back and tell the people, here I am, Lord has freed me, set me free. And the people began to 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 wanna, you know, to hurt Peter, man. And, and he said, Did we tell you not to not to speak in that name, Jesus' name, you know, his dead burial resurrection. Peter said, Man, I, I, I y'all do whatever y'all gonna do to me. Prison can't hold God. You know, we I'm a living witness of that. I'm standing here right now because he freed me to declare the good news of the gospel. So understand the purpose for why God frees us and, and makes us believers. It's so that we can tell others about him, letting our light so shine that men will see our good works and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. Many believe because of Peter, Peter's, Paul and Silas and them getting free and Peter and them getting free. And so we see obedience has its results. Amen. It's the blessings. All, all the blessings come from God through obedience. That's his way. Amen. And we have to walk in that way. Today's teaching is just a continuation from uh, what we learned. Uh, I think the last time we was on here was Thursday. Amen. And so one of the scriptures that that, uh, that we talked about the last time I spoke was in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 14, the King James Bible. So I'll just give you this scripture, you know, just to refreshing your memory from back then on Thursday. Uh, no Pastor Phoebe taught on Monday. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to just share this verse with you then and we'll go right into the teaching and it says <clears throat> blessed are they that do his commandments there it is again placing a special emphasis on commandments what god has said his commands as good soldiers in the army of the lord we should do what our commander and officer tell us to do that they and i love it they because it's saying that it's universal when you see that they there is talking about it applies to everybody the same god has no respect to person that they may have right to the tree of life. And so whoever they that believe and obey his commandments will receive a right to the tree of life. That's the result. God promised that. That's a blessing from the Lord. 
And nobody can take that away from you because when the Lord saves you, you save. When the Lord heal you, heal. When the Lord bless us, we are blessed. That's why he remains our praise. He says that they may enter in through the gates into the city. Meaning, you know, plural, there's going to be, you know, gates to get into the city of Jerusalem. Amen. When Jesus comes back and establishes his earthly kingdom there, you know, it'll be 12 of them representing the 12 tribes of Israel, you know. And so, you know, there'll be, um, uh, you know, we say that there's a way in the man that seemeth right, but the end there leads to the way of destruction. That's why we're here on earth. But when that particular day occurs, there's going to be 12 gates to that city. And we'll be able to go into one of those gates. We, we don't know yet. A lot of us don't, un, don't really understand our biblical history, okay, that we came from one of them tribes. We're descendants of one of those tribes. Now, I don't have the, 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 the ancestry tree or the capability to go all the way back and find out what tribe my ancestry began in. Uh, I'm limited. I can only think back about five or six generations. Amen. But all I do know is this. All life ascended from Jesus Christ, from God the Father, the Creator, you know, from the Holy Ghost. They all was in the beginning. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And God spoke and said, let there be. Then he created man in his image and likeness, you know. So all life was created by God. So we all are descendants from there. But, but there were 12 tribes that, that 10 of them went across the Caucasus Mountains. Two of them went in a different direction. But we all are descendants from one of those 12 tribes, and, and that's a teaching for another day. But today, you know, we, we want to just focus on what he said, that if we, if we save when that time comes, we're going to be able to enter in one of those gates, amen, that represent those 12 tribes to the city. And that's the end of it. That's what Revelation There's nothing else you can go read after that. That's it right there. That's the conclusion. So this is what we're working toward. This is what we're learning about. This is what we're preparing ourselves for and preparing others for. This is why the revelations of Jesus Christ is so important. Now, there's other revelations out there. There's probably other persuasions and influences and teachings and other gospels out there and tradition of men, philosophy. You got so many folks out there right now, man, coming up with different versions, trying to explain this and trying to explain that. I always tell people in those critical situations when people are trying to bombard your mind with all these other ideas, amen, is that you should continue to fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't take your eyes on Jesus because the Bible said there are those that are going to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, every time something new comes up, you know. But see, when you, when you look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, and if you lack wisdom, if we lack wisdom, we ask God for wisdom, just like King Solomon did, and God gives it to us, you know, liberally. But then he tells us, and all of your getting, get some understanding. Because of the threat of all these winds of doctrine that are out there that cause people to be tossed to and fro, double-minded, not sure, can't make informed decisions, you know, just all over the place, you know. With, with, with who they're going to follow, you know, and, and you got 4,000. Last time I checked a couple of years ago, there was 4,400 different denominations, meaning divisions. That's why we're a non-denomination. Anything you hear coming from us is not, not denomination, it's non-denomination. It's just pure, unadulterated, infallible, <clears throat> authentic word of God, the revelations of Jesus Christ. That's what we're teaching, straight from the word of God. And so we see right here, there's nothing else that can be taught after revelation. You know, and so there it is right there. Uh, D, now let's look at the D precept is what we're picking up at today. Now, the D precept says pleasing in his sight. I love that. See, pleasing in his sight. 
If that's the case, then you know what? We're going to be able to enter in that gate, man. One of those gates, if it's pleasing in the sight. In the meantime, we can have favor from God right now. We can have God to make our enemies be at peace with us if we do things that are pleasing in his sight. How do we know what commandments are pleasing in his sight? We got to look into the perfect law of liberty. We got to learn, explore, you know, dig into these, these revelations, man, to find out what is the commandments of God and then do them, you know, and, 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 and we'll please God. And so that brings favor. That word pleasing in his sight means it speaks about favor, you know, possessed by pleasing God. Favor, divine favor. You know, a lot of times we say we're fortunate, worthy to be envied. But see, that's divine favor. You, We are fortunate. If we're saved today, we're fortunate. Because there's a lot of unsaved people that are dying, leaving here unsaved, never heard the message. Went out doing their own thing. And the ways of sin found them and, de and destroyed them. And we know who was behind it. You know, first sin is conceived and then it brings death. If you don't do something about it and get it repented and get it out of your life, man, and get out from underneath the dominion of it, you can't please God. And there's no favor. And the favor of Satan is death. You know, that's his favor. God's favor is he promises you plenty. Nothing missing like it. It'll be full. His blessings make you rich. <clears throat> plenty, full, you know, prosper, wanting for nothing, <clears throat> where he himself added no sorrow. We know what Satan adds to you. He comes but for to kill, steal, and destroy, according to the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, the King James Bible. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's the favor of God. So both of them bring some favor. It's just that Satan's favor is he favors death. He favors destruction. You know, he wants to annihilate any believer, take away your, 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 your source of faith, which is the word, try to substitute something else. Uh, uh, he has a doctrine of devils. He has his, his ministers of darkness, his ministers of light. They go out and transform themselves into angels of light and, and deceive people. <clears throat> and that's what's out there. That's the division right there. 4,000. 400 different ones out there. And the, and the main issue is the deity of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Just like Jesus asked Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? Who do those 4,400 different denominations teach that I am? Is, is, is they teaching something that's divided against the truth, then they can't please God. Then there will be no favor. There'll be no favor. But Peter, it comes down to you as an individual. Who do you say that I am? And that's what comes down to for everybody that's on this line this morning. Who do you say that God is? Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that the Holy Spirit is? Who do you say that the Godhead body is? Who do you say they are? You know? That's what it comes down to. Then that's how we please God in his sight, knowing who he is, knowing who we are, knowing who, who we belong to, knowing the truth and letting that truth make us free. That's his will for us. That's how we're going to please him and attract the favor of God, okay, which is possessed by us. I like that word. We possess it, that favor, by pleasing God. That's ours. And so let's talk a minute about pleasing the Lord. Amen. Uh, I like I like some articles that I subscribe to sometimes to get other insights uh, because I don't know it all. But there are some people out there. I like some of their insights. So I do prescribe to a lot, subscribe to a lot of people other than myself, because I'm not the only one in the world that, that likes to, you know, God's word. There are other saved people out there, y'all. I know we think sometimes we got the patent on it. But I don't have all the copyrights to every all the research out there. There's other scholars. So you may hear me from time to time share with you 
some uh, out some other information that was done by other scholars, which which I I, I subscribe to, you know, because I'm no I'm no novelist. I'm not on an island by myself. I'm no better than nobody else. It's a miracle that God even chose me to say what I'm saying, you know. It, it, it blows my mind sometimes. Why, you know, why me, Lord? He said, why not you? And so I'm just going to share a few of these, uh, some of this research that was done. And, and this one here says that, you know, pleasing God means learning to live for others and not simply to please ourselves. God pleasers are neither men pleasers nor self pleasers. I, I, I resonate with that, man, because I say that to myself a lot of times. But I had to learn that over the course of my saved life. Didn't know it before I got saved. But once I got saved, it's like you could see things differently. You see things from God's perspective. God show you things. And sometimes they blow your mind because you'd be like, I thought they said they was Christians. Why are they trying to please people? Why are they trying to, you know, get caught up in pleasure? Oh, they in the world. You know, they love the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I had to learn those things to be in the world, but not of the world. You know, to please God. I want that favor from God. So what is pleasing to God? That's the key. We got to learn that. What pleases God is a simple, honest, clean, and refreshing relationship with him. Enoch was such an individual. Y'all, we know about Enoch in the book of Genesis. Please God because of his relationship with God. And the Lord said now, this is in quotes, Enoch, this is what pleases me most. Let's walk into eternity together. See, that's pleasing God. Do those things where when the Holy Ghost comes alongside of you, God with you, we can walk together. Don't care what comes up, what circumstance, what situation. We're not walking alone. God is sending his spirit right alongside of us. The spirit of truth, whisper to us, remind us, bring things back to us that we should be doing. You know, we talked about the other day about those characteristics you know, functioning the way we suppose to function, the way we were created to function. You know, we have help. We have help. The Holy Spirit is in us, but he also comes alongside of us as a paraclete. He's got us cocooned. He's got us surrounded. We're always in the presence of the Lord as a believer. We can't get out of his presence. Why? He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's got all the power. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnibenevolent. That means he's all-loving. So you just can't, David said, where can I go, Lord? Book of Psalm chapter 19, you know, he says, hey, if I ascend all the way up to heaven, you're there. Above it, you're there. If I descend all the way down below Hades, you're there. There is no place I can go where I'm out of your presence. And so if David learned this, we, we, we're we in the same boat. We're believers just like he was. And he struggled. He had problems. It doesn't mean that you don't know God just because you struggle. It means that you can struggle by knowing God. You will be persecuted. You know, that's the truth. It brings favor even in your struggle. Grace is sufficient for us. So you see, God has got us, man. He, you know, he, he, he got us covered. Our goal is to find out what pleases God. And so what's interesting is that this is exactly what the Lord said about his son, Jesus. <laughs> same thing, Enoch, same thing, you know, as he is, so are we in the earth, man. And there have been some, some instances where we see where people were just taken up by God because they please God in such a way. You know, Job pleased God. Moses pleased God. They struggled now. They had some problems. But they, in the, in, at the end of the day, they pleased God. They found that Paul pleased God. They went through some things. They were persecuted for Christ's sake. They were persecuted for righteousness' sake. 
Anybody who try to live godly is going to be persecuted for his sake. It's the sake of the gospel, you know, but we still can please God. And uh, the other question was, what is the benefits of pleasing God? I know a lot of people like to say that. I, I, every, just about every other Christian I meet, man, they want to know what's in it for me. What if I get saved? What's going to happen? How is that going to benefit me? You know, so you, it's okay. God will tell people what's in it for them, you know. And so the proper fear and respect of God will motivate us to avoid sin. And, and there's a good scripture reference that this 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 uh this here uh, article uses is out of the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 20 in the King James Bible. And it reminds us that God will hold us accountable for our actions. See, that's that's the key right there. That's the benefit is being held accountable by a jealous God, by a just God, a righteous God. You know, he does, you know, he does everything right and just. No questions asked, you know. Fearing God allows us to rely on him and revere him, amen, which can deepen our love for all the powerful God, for the, for the all-powerful God who cares enough to stoop down, I love this man, and deliver a puny little human being like me. You know, because I, I, cause all of the whatever, I, wherewithal I had, it was nothing but filthy rags compared to God. Even as I got saved, even now, my righteousness is like filthy rags compared to his. I'm okay with that because in my worstest is when he's the, the, my bestest or my greatest. In my weakness is his strength made perfect. <clears throat> so I'm okay with that. I, you know, that brings joy to me. And that joy, you know, the world don't give it to you. It comes from knowing God. That that's your strength. Jeremiah, uh, you know, um, uh, Nehemiah said, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah, a lot of people out there had a willingness in their heart to build that wall while he was in the dungeon in prison. But God gave a word that encouraged him and encouraged the people, even encouraged his captives. Because they were about to be thrashed and overran by them people. They had their prophet in there. They had their source of life, which was the instrument that God used to declare a word to them. They were rebuilding that wall. They had a task. They wanted to please God by completing that task, that work. Jesus pleased his father because he finished the work God gave him to do. That's why he said, like the son, Enoch, like the son. And uh, who are we like? Are we like Christ in the earth today? The book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, King James Bible says, you know, as he is, so are we in the earth. So there ought to be some things we're doing to please God. Uh, so the benefits of pleasing God, let me just uh, let me just uh, read a few of them here. And I'm going to give you the scripture reference, even though I'm not going to read the scripture. It'll take too much time. It says, we will receive peace from God according to your word, Lord, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27. And also in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 7 of the King James Bible. So we will receive peace from God according to his word. In those particular scriptures. And then the one we love is in the uh, 16th chapter of the book of Proverbs, verse uh, 2, I think it is the King James Bible, where it says, He whose mind is stayed on the Lord, he keep him in perfect peace. Another reference. Uh, one of the other benefits of pleasing God is we will receive God's protection, you know, his security and his safety. According to your word, Lord, it's, it's, it's right there in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Verse 12 through 20 of the King James Bible. And I'm not going to read all them scriptures. I'm giving you the references so you can go read them. I'm not going to make a lazy Christian out of you. Uh, the third 
we will receive eternal life. Now, this is the one here that gets my attention. My ears perk up. We will receive eternal life according to God's word in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 15 of the King James Bible. Now, you know what he says. You know, if you don't believe on me, you're already condemned. But if you believe on me, you condemn not, verse 17 and 18. But 15 is interesting. It, it promises those of us who believe eternal life, you know. And that's why we need to live our life today, preparing ourselves for eternal life. Because eternity is like, boom, a breath. And we out of here, man, the end of judgment. So we got to prepare now like it's our last breath, our last day, our last opportunity. Number four, we're talking about now benefits of pleasing God. We will receive our victory from God according to his word in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, the King James Bible. Where it says, thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, we already have it. It's a part of the package of the benefits of being saved. It's a part of the favor of God. You know, why? Because we aim and strive to please him in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now we're accepted of God and approved of men. That's the kingdom of God. Not meat and drink, not material stuff that's going to be broken in and, you know, eaten up by moth and rust and stolen by thieves. You know. Uh, in number five, we will receive a blessing from God of long life. I love this man. According to his word in the book of second Kings, yeah, chapter 20, verse one through 11, the King James Bible for your own leisure. You can read that, you know, but I love that. I, I love the fact that we're going to receive that blessing of long life. We're working this year, man, trying to build a future of optimal overall wellness that will carry on over to the rest of our lives. I'm working hard every day to try to be the best me that I can. And I cannot do it separated from the word. I need these instructions on how to maintain this temple that don't belong to me. I need to know what to do with it, how to treat it. I need to listen to it. I need to let it, let it you know, uh, speak to me and show me what I'm doing wrong. Pain does that sometimes. You know, sometimes sickness forces us to pray to God, our healer, and wait on him to touch us and heal us. I mean, I'm thinking about the lady 18 years that we preached about in the book of Luke, chapter 13, the man for 38 long years. It's many, many instances in the Bible where, where people dealt with stuff, but they kept coming to the place where they were, thought they would meet God. We have to keep coming back to that well. You know, we have to keep coming back where we draw water. I'm talking about living water. We have to keep coming back to the heel of Jesus Christ. We have to keep coming back to his word. We have to keep reminding him of his word. Why? Is when I please God, when a man's ways please God, when God sees our faithfulness, you know, when he, I mean, he looked at people, man, he said, hey, they had great faith. They kept coming. And when he saw their faith, he, he, he said they had more faith, man, with nothing than people who had everything. And so we, we know that that's what pleases God. And, and eventually it was up to God who looks at us and decides, okay, I saw you, now I'm going to heal you, or I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to bless you. And when I bless you, you're blessed. When I save you, you're saved. You know, he saw Cornelius, man. He kept seeing Cornelius giving alms, giving alms, giving alms, the Gentile, you know. And he's, 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 he's imitating what the Jews, the, the Jewish race of people are doing. They share stuff in the marketplace. They helped out their fellow Jewish brothers and sisters. And Cornelius got, he jumped in on that. He started giving alms too. Least person expected to do it was him. And the Lord saw that and sent Peter to minister salvation to him and his household and the community. A lot of folks got saved through that act. And so we, 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 we thank God. We want long life, but we need to have a purpose for why we want long life. 
I want long life so I can continue to tell as many people, reach as many people as I can with the gospel. Because I understand how, how, how beneficial that is to longevity as we build that future. Uh, number six, we will bear fruit in every good work according to God's word in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 of the King James Bible. We, there need to be a trail of fruit in every good work. Now, after we get saved, all the work that we should do then is good, should be good. Because it's whatever we, our hands find to do. Chapter 3 of the book of Colossians, uh, you know, verse 17 through 19, talks about whatever our hand finds to do, do it all to the glory of God. Different now when you say, can't do the same old stuff we used to do. Can't say the same old things we used to say. Can't think the same old way we used to. Why? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And we're able now, with the help of God, <clears throat> to walk in the newness of life. We can't continue to put new wine in old wineskins. The Holy Spirit is not going to come alongside of us when we're practicing all the old stuff we used to do. Out of Egypt, but still thinking and, and, and doing and functioning the same old way and expecting the Holy Spirit, God with us, to walk alongside of us and to help us. Only thing he's trying to do is rescue, get us out, you know, out of, out of bondage. I'm from underneath the slave to sin and things of this world, serving two masters, you know, trying to anyway. It's not, it's impossible because you're going to hate one and love the other one. And the Holy Spirit wants no part of that. He cannot dwell in an unclean temple. He don't have no association with it. He separated himself from us. And so we have to separate ourselves from those things in order to separate ourselves to him, you know, to get that, that help we need so that we can be assured of that long life of, 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 of that good work that follows. That's what we're going to get to take with us when we appear before God. Uh, seven, we will receive favor from God according to his word, Lord, in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 3, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 4, the King James Bible. So we're going to receive from God, you know, whatever, whatever he promised us in the word. You know, Abraham got promised an heir, him and Sarah. You know, there it is. It's over there in the book of Genesis. You know, we're going to receive that promise. You know, any t huh? The book of uh, Genesis, chapter 18, verse 3. And the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 4, the King James Bible. So, you, so God makes us promises, you know, but it's when we please him that those promises become manifest. And we don't say when they are, he does. He determines when the perfect time to... to you know, sometimes it, 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 we get messed up with thinking that God has denied us when he's only delayed us because he wants to grow our faith because we, 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 we believe God and ask God for things sometimes and, and we demand him to do it. You know, who are we? And sometimes what he's trying to do is humble us so we can turn in humility to God and humble ourselves before his mighty hand and let him decide when he want to exalt us in whatever it is he promised us. You know, he's trying to adjust that attitude. Remember, we talked about that attitude of prayer where we build a, a prayer life to keep asking God because we don't have, because we don't ask. And what we ask sometimes is a miss because it's not based on what he promised he would do. And we get a little frustrated when he don't do what we want him to do. But he's always doing what we need him to do regardless that we his children, that we say. He supply all of our need according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, and we have to ask based on the needs that God wants to provide. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, 
he, he, he makes us lie down in green pastures by the still waters. Okay, so we will receive that favor, okay, just like we saw in the, in the, in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 3, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 4, the King James Bible. And in, um, in uh, the eighth one here says, And God will grant us the desires of our hearts according to his word in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verse 4, the King James Bible. As we see all this uh, look like the wicked and evil of this world is prospering, I would kind of agree with you there about six months ago. But now, man, this war in Ukraine, I mean, brought some justice, some long overdue justice to some corrupt oligarchs and people, man, who had just been enslaving people, man, and taking all the people resources and making themselves, engorging themselves, making themselves rich. And I mean, who, who needs a $900,000 yacht to, to, to go around on some water with all those luxuries and amenities when you got people in your country starving? It's just crazy, you know? It's just crazy, you know? But look at what the Lord said in the book of Psalms, you know, chapter 37. He said, they're going to soon wither like grass. They're going to soon be cut off. That's what's happening. They can't get to them yachts now. They've been seized. They can't get to all that crew of people they had serving them, preparing. I mean, they had top chefs, man, preparing certain food for them, you know, delicacies. And the, today, you know, Two of those oligarchs have committed suicide. They killed their family. They killed their wife, their children, and then killed themselves. Because they saw the light went off, and they saw what that lifestyle had did to them, how it resulted. It was not favor. It didn't please God. It did not please God. And it was easy come, and it was easy go. Those things are temporary you know, and now they're no longer there to enjoy them. See, if it's a blessing from God, given to God, he says, hey, I don't add no sorrow to my blessing. You know, I added no sorrow. When I bless you, you're blessed. When I save you, say, when I heal, you heal. You know, that's, that's God, you know. And he goes on to say, uh, nah, God will establish our steps according to his word in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, again, this chapter, verses 23 to 25 of the King James Bible. You know, I'm giving you these so you can go read these for yourself. I don't want to make lazy Christians out of it. There's some verses I'm going to cover, but these are just some here that talks about the benefits of pleasing God. You know, that's, that's what the scripture said, you know, pleasing God. That's, all this that we're doing is to put us in a better position to please God, not to please people, myself, you know, sometimes we like to stroke our own ego about, you know, how blessed we are and we get carried away sometimes. We talk more about the blessing sometimes than we do the blesser. <clears throat> and uh, we just got to be able to put him higher than the blessing. That's why I said the Lord make us rich. I love that. The Lord bless us. The Lord heal us. We always put him first. Give him all the praise. We are the benefactors or the beneficiaries of what his will is for us. Uh, another scripture over there in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17 of the King James Bible says this, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so this is why it's important for us to do what John writes, and we're going to go there next in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 of the King James Bible where he talks about as he is, so are we in the earth. 
there should be some defining characteristics about every believer that says you know God and God know you. I, I made a statement the other day about people, you know, I, I was guilty early on. Uh, I was given a plan, so was other believers in the, in the class with us, to how to read through the Bible in a year, you know. And I must have read through it two or three times. I, don't, I didn't know why I was reading it other than that's what the, the teacher said. And we had to talk about what we learned and write about what we learned from reading through it. And I, I did a pretty good job because at the end of, 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 of my, my tenure in college, I had to write a thesis on the Holy Spirit. It was a 165-page thesis on the Holy Spirit. That's why I love the Holy Spirit. I can, I can relate to him. I can talk about him. That was my thesis in college. And I got an A++++++. And the teacher took it and said, who happened to be a Baptist, was a member of a Baptist church, but she was also a doc, had a doctorate. She was a professor in the Bible college teaching. And that was my thesis. It gave us a list of things to choose to write about. And I had heard so much about the Holy Spirit. I said, I'm going to write about him. And it ended up being 165 pages. And she adopted it and asked me because she could she take it. Her and her husband was going to teach it to their Baptist Sunday school. I said, yes, ma'am. Yeah, you the teacher. I'm just, I just want the grade. But it was doing more for me than just passing a grade, passing a test. I was becoming familiar with God, the Holy Spirit. You know, that was the benefit for me, you know. And so he says, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, are what we doing, are our ways pleasing God? Are we have displaying any of his attributes, any of his characteristics? And I'm not asking you for an answer. I'm just giving you some food for thought, you know, food for thought. And if there's adjustments somewhere that need to be made, I'm making them every day because I'm finding out the more I deal with God's word, I'm finding out the more inadequate I am without him. I'm finding out what I thought I know, knew I don't know, but I'm learning. You know, this is what Paul, he told Paul to do, where to go to learn. Go study the scriptures. He said, search the scriptures over in the book of Acts chapter 6. They were so caught up in, 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 in trying to be good Christians that they weren't finding out what their real purpose was. Sometimes people try so hard to be good Christians by doing, making until they dot every T, cross every other. They're trying so hard to do those good works to please God. And that's required after you're saved. You know? But there's some, there's some, there's some, some, some things that your eyes, our eyes have not seen or our ears have not heard or has not entered into the heart of those who love God yet. So there's some more revealing that God is going to do. So we're still working. We're still a work in progress. Right. He's the one that begun the good work in us. I know we begun a good work in him after we got saved, but what about the work? The work that he begun in us, according to the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 of the King James Bible, it tops any work that we do. You know, and so he's doing the work in us too, and he's gonna continue to perform that work in the life of those his children who have received him, that he's given power to become the sons of God. He's working that out in us so that we can really be reflective of the sons of God. That they be manifest when God needs them to manifest. When this dark, desolate world, like letting our light so shine that men will see our good works and they too will glorify our Father, which is in heaven. This is what it's about. And if God favors us, then he will approve of us. You know, and men will approve us. We don't have to go around and try to make nobody believe who we are. 
long as God knows who we are, he will put us in that situation. And we'll be able to see, and others will see too, and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven, letting that light shine. And so he goes on to say um, in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 29, the King James Bible, and he that sent me is with me, the Father have not left me alone. But I do always, I love that, I do always those things that please him. Now, we just got through talking about up here when it said, uh, and this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, listen, to, listen to what John writes about Jesus. And this Jesus talking here. John just writing what he said, what he heard him say. And he that sent me is with me. So we, God don't ever leave us. He don't ever forsake us. Once we save, he's with us until the end of the age. He's not going anywhere. He's omnipresent. A lot of times we may not feel his presence, but that doesn't mean that he's not present. He's omnipresent, you know. He's omnipresent. And a lot of times we get all these other feelings and it drowns out the presence of God, you know. You got to have a clear mind, clear spirit. You got to cast away all them weights and all that sin, all that stuff that's occupying your thoughts so you can think on those things that are good and honest and true and lovely and pure, those things that be of a good report, those things that come down from above, and if there be any virtue, talking about strength, if there be any praise, then think on those things that our hearts and our minds may be kept. Why? Kept on the Lord Jesus Christ because anyone who keeps their mind stayed on him he would keep them in perfect peace according to the book of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, the King James Bible. I know I said verse 2 earlier, but it's verse 3. So I correct myself there. But listen to what Jesus said, man. You know, I do always those things that please him. Why? I want God's favor. I want the full, the plenty, the, you know, nothing missing, lacking, or broken. I don't want the sorrow. I want God to add no sorrow. See, man has sorrow. That's different. But when God has sorrow, now that's something, you know. He's trying to teach us that man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that we see out of the mouth of God. So we turn, we humble ourselves and turn back to him. A lot of that going on right now. People just don't, ain't figured it out yet because they're not looking at it through the scriptures. And uh, so we're going to go a couple more here, and then I'm finished for this morning. Uh, in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, the King James Bible says this. This is Paul writing to the Thessalon church in Thessalonica. He says, but as we were allowed of God, I like that now, as we were allowed of God. Some things people do ain't allowed of God, but they do it anyway and say it's allowed of God. Lying on God. But Paul says, as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. So it ain't my gospel. It ain't man's gospel. It ain't the world's gospel. It's God's gospel. And God chooses the instruments and vessels that he's going to use to proclaim the gospel. And I love how Paul humbles himself here, man, and puts this in perspective so we don't get the big head when we come up with a revelation and say, well, the Holy Spirit said to me. But if it ain't documented, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was your spirit. That's why you try every spirit with the spirit. You know, so you know what spirit it is. He says, trusted, allow of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Even so, we speak. That that God has trusted us where we speak that. We don't just make up stuff, add stuff to it, take stuff from it. Uh, in other words, it, you know, changes everything. One word change changes the whole meaning of the scripture. You know, that's why I'm reading the scripture to you. It says, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Why? God looks at the heart. Why? <coughs> it's the most desperate 
the wicked part of our, of our of our organs, our beings, our spiritual organs, the mind, the spirit, the heart, the human spirit. Yeah, we have spiritual organs, just like we have natural organs. You know, you know, spirit and physical. You know, we are spirit. We have, we have all those spiritual organs, just like we are flesh. We have those those human organs. You know, they all have to be fed, nourished, and dealt with. You know. And so he says, hey, which tries the heart? Why? God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. He looks beyond the surface. He looks at the heart. And he knows the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why he sent the word to penetrate those. That's where the trouble is at. That's where the soulless ram is at. To feel the emotion to deliver us from that. And so, amen. So we're going to bring it in right there this morning. Amen. Again, that's in, we're stopping at the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, the King James Bible. And we'll pick up. Uh, next time uh, this particular uh, uh, level of study here just really bless me amen all right then well let's pray father we thank you we praise you we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise for the benefits of pleasing you God that you have laid out for us God you 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 told us oh God that we should be motivated by these things God more than motivated by sin in our life Lord God we thank you for reminding us, God, that we're going to be held accountable for our actions. And Lord, if we fear God, we will learn to rely, depend on, and revere you, God, above all things, holding ourselves accountable to those benefits, to those abilities you put in us to please you. And so we thank you for helping us, Lord God. We thank you that we can live a simple and honest, a clean and refreshing life in a relationship with you, just as Enoch did, God. And there were others in the Bible. We have so many wonderful biblical examples. Father, we're aspiring and trying today, God, to be like you in the earth, God. And so, Father, we just ask you to order our steps, order our ways, our thoughts, God, our conversations in your word, Lord God, that when we speak, Father, it is your word. It takes people and points people to your word, not to us, God, but to your word. Your word is the overriding authority on everything. It's the final conversation, Lord God. It's your word, Lord. And when we put you in remembrance of it, God, it brings favor into our lives. This way, God, we are pleasing in your sight. And so we thank you now, God, and we praise you now, God, that we possess that favor by pleasing you. We hope this morning that we have pleased you. We hope that others who have received this word can now go forth, Lord God, and be assured when they're pleasing you or when they're not. We thank you for it now. Order our steps in your word today. Lord, let our thoughts come in agreement with your will for us, God. Renew our minds today with this word. We give you praise going on for it now. Establish us in it. For it's in Jesus' name we offer this prayer to the God above, who hears prayers, answer them, and show us great and mighty things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We're going to go right to our comments. We'll start with Pastor Sharon and followed by Pastor Eric. Pastor Sharon. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for the word this morning because I can truly say